We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by WinBet Sports, uh, W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. If you can bet in one of the six states that WinBet is running live right now, please do so. Uh, we Please use their product. We appreciate their exclusive sponsorship throughout the podcast, fall podcast season. I'm here with Fred Zinke, Jeff Erickson here. How you doing, Fred? I'm good. Uh, I just read something. I'm going to derail you at first. I'm going to derail you for a second. Good. Vlad's, Vlad Sadler just posted something on Twitter. You're usually the guy giving me things that just got posted. Okay. And I'm going to ask you this, this interesting topic. He says, if you don't change the default of your name to an actual team name the entire fantasy season, you're a psychopath. I don't think I've ever changed one of my NFC team names. Ever. Like um, off off Zinky and then the number that they put beside it or whatever it says, whatever the default is. I don't even remember what it is, but do you change? I'd say you you're name, more sociopath than psychopath, but do you uh, name your, do you name all your teams? I don't. Um, I, I mean, if I do, it's icky shuffle or something, you know, it's okay. rarely, except for one league, which I try to get a little bit more pop culturally, but even then it's usually not a recent pop culture reference. Like, uh, I, I'm a fan of the show Justified, so I named something off of Win Duffy, a character in Justified that I thought was a pretty clever character, a fun character. So, at any rate, he, he was also a sociopath too, but he was <laughs> he was entertaining. Um, I am just not good at team names. I don't. Agreed. I don't, Same. I don't yeah. really enjoy the process. I, I I get a chuckle over good ones from everybody else, but it's. How many times is it my ball, Zach Ertz? Okay, great. Oh, you're so clever there. I mean, stop. <laughs> you know, you know, it, it, it's yeah. I, I've only seen that like 37 times. Like, come up. You know, if you're going to be clever, be clever. Don't you know? And try not and, to be crude. And Yahoo just tweeted out also. This so I got two reasons that they just tweeted out that their most common team name this year is uh, Bishop. That. Bishop Sycamore, which totally yeah. makes sense. That's a wild story, but you're right. I'm not great at team names. Back in the day, like early 2000s, when I would have like one or two fantasy football teams and like one or two fantasy baseball teams, I would come up with a name, like playing at ESPN or playing at Yahoo. And those are my only teams. And I would come up with a name. Now I just have so many teams, so many baseball teams, so many football teams that I find I just never name them. So I have I have one league where we're required to or it's a home league we're required to come with a team name. 
There, my team name is then been used in a lot of others. It's El Scorchos, and that's uh, based off the Weezer song El Scorcho. Uh, I just okay. think it sounds like a good baseball name. It's like you're hitting, uh, or I'll name it after a red, like Mario Soto Circle Change. I'll, I'll call it that, or something like that. Right. Um, I'm I not think I, very I good at say, names. Yeah, me neither. But I might try to come up this off season with a good team name, and then like use it for all my teams, and then I'll just number them or something. Right, yeah. like El, El Scorcho's one, El Scorcho's two, but like all my teams will be that name, and I I always thought all season that my with Jeff Zimmerman my main event team should probably be ZZ Top or something mm-hmm. like that, like yeah, Zinkman, sure. Zimmerman, like that's an easy one, like but for me personally, for all my teams that I'm on my own with, I'm I'm going to try to come up with this is an off season goal of mine. I'm going to come up with a good team name, maybe related to where with a, with a city and a, like I'm going to come up with a name, like from where I live and like a good name or something, something good. And no gonna, goes because you don't sleep on this team. Uh, I don't know. Stand yeah, I'm gonna no, I'm gonna have something. I whether it's a Canadian pun type thing or I like whether it. I I don't know, but I'm gonna come up with something by next season and I'm gonna and I'll and then I'll number the teams or just name them all that. And uh, in the NFBC, I'll probably not I have to number them just to keep them straight or something. But maybe anyway. I'll just I'll just name them all Vlad Sedler and then I'll manage really badly and then I'll ruin his reputation. <laughs> uh but that's part of the devious plan. So we'll see about that. Maybe, maybe not. Good idea. Good idea. Anything to put me in a better mood than uh, what my reds are doing right now. And what your reds are doing, which is just losing a few games. It's not the end of the world. Dude, it is the end of the world. They haven't haven't done well. Their pitching is still there. Like they did. If you lost all these games and lost your players to injury, I would get it or something, but they're there. Mm -hmm. They'll come back. I did have, I did happen to put in the notes that, they play four of their next eight against lefty starters, which we know they're not good at. And But they aren't good lefty starters for the most part, but they are lefties. And then they face Scherzer and Bueller. At least that's what's scheduled right now. So that's their next 10 games. That's, for them, not good. So my rebuttal is John Lester shut them down last week. I know. I He's know. John Lester. I know. So now, Although Mike Miner couldn't. Uh, and, uh, yeah. and, of course, Jay Happ was a bridge too far. Uh, so of course He's I used Cap and friends and family. We talked about this on our yes. show, our pod, and it was like, yeah, there there is a bridge too far. Um, we, yeah, they, I managed I managed to cross that one, but I'm just so pessimistic. We you know we lost two out of three to the Tigers, two out of three to the Marlins, two out of three to the Cardinals, which is direct competition, mm-hmm. two out of three to the Brewers. I mean, it's just at no. It, this is supposed to be you know you have an easy schedule. You got to take advantage of it. But I think they were playing over their skis to get to that position probably. where they were in the wild card in the first place, probably. And now the Padres aren't absolute caca anymore. So yeah, all that progress is lost. Yeah, it becoming this thing becoming like a four or five team race is mm-hmm. the big is the concerning thing for me. Like if they had a losing streak, but then they're still just them and the Padres. Okay, but th- what's happened? I think what this losing streak's really done is it's it's given the Phillies and the Cardinals like it's given them some life. Now that they're like, hey, if we if we one of now you're playing the odds that out of the Padres, the Phillies, the Cardinals, like one of them here could go on a run and win eight to ten or something right. like that. Um, if it was just them and the Padres, it's like a little easier to kind of just go ass backwards in. You know, we weren't great, but neither was the other guy. Now they're going to have to play some good ball the rest of the way, which they which they could do. Yep, that's right. It's good. You got meaningful September baseball. It's good. Life is good. It, yeah, it's it's good. I just think it should be better because they did their investment a year ago and then they backed it off this year. But that's covered territory. Let's move on. Yeah. Marcus Semyon. Okay. Oof. 
37 homers, 14 stolen bases, walk-off home run against the A's on Friday night. That had to be so satisfying for him. Scott and I were talking about that on Sunday night, and he's like, I can't even begrudge him. You know, it's like this this ownership group deserves that. But, uh, you know, importantly for us, what do you do with him next year? Yeah, I think landing spot for me is going to matter with him. Yeah. I, that being said, like, maybe I shouldn't say that too much because – 2019 on the A's, which is not a great park to hit in, right? Like 33 mm-hmm. homers, 10 steals, 285 batting average. Okay, so let's look at what he could probably do next season. So he has 14 steals this year. His pace last year is about a dozen. The previous year was 10. The previous year's four. He's pretty much every year, actually, 10 to 15. So yeah, he's he's turning 31 soon. So I'll say next year, 10 to 12. I, I'm not going to say big drop off, but let's say 10 to 12. Home runs. Last year would have been paced to about 20, but mm-hmm. the previous, but sandwiched around that he's going to hit 40 this year and he hit 33 the previous year. So, I mean, if he stays in Toronto, I probably like him a little more, but either way, I feel like we can predict like low thir- low to mid thirties. Do you think that's fair for next year? 30. If he gets 41 or something this year, do you think next year, 42, do you think next year it's fair to predict even 33, something like that? Yeah. Uh... So 33 homers. 33 homers, let's say 11 steals. And then the batting average, that one's a little trickier. Um, his BABIP's not high this year. I'll say somewhere around what it was this year. This year's 267. So 33 homers, 11 steals. This year he's hitting 267. His career's 256. Something like 265 probably makes sense. Yeah. So 265, 33 homers, 11 steals. The count, other counting stats I'm not going to get too into because that'll depend on who's, who he's on. Um, sure. But, but he's probably done so well that he will get a good lineup spot no matter where he is, like hitting either leadoff, second, third, something. Like, I don't think someone's bringing him in on a pretty pretty big – how big of a contract do you think he gets? Four years? Four or five years? Maybe. There's so many shortstops out there, middle infielders out there. Four years, maybe? That would take him from age 31 to 30. I'd say three to four years. I don't think he gets five because he's already age 30. I mean, Seager's out there. Uh, There's going to be others that are going to be – Trevor Story's going to be out there. And Uh, we know they're going to be tentative next this offseason or general managers. So, okay, so where does that – so where does 33 homers – and 10 steals or so, 10, 12 steals. Where does that put you in a draft? I'm going to try to quickly pull up. Second round, right? Second round. I was trying to quickly think of someone who had that kind of projection. Bryce Harper. That's kind of where Bryce Harper falls, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Every year. Well, you like get it at shortstop and second base because he's oh. got 20 games at short. So he's going to qualify at both. Yeah. We typically project, I feel like, Bryce Harper for those stats. I know Harper's hitting for a better average this year mm-hmm. than he usually does, but right. we typically project him, I think, around that. Like, if I look at the previous three seasons, I bet if I went back and looked at my Harper projections for this year, it would be around there. So there you go, second round, maybe mid-second round. Bo Bichette or Marcus Simeon? Oh, that's a really tough one. And I'm going to say... Don't pick the old guy. Uh, don't pick the old guy. I'm going to say, oh, Bichette. I'm going to take Bichette. How about you? I would too. Semien's out. Using our earned auction value tool, Semien's outproduced uh, Bichette by two bucks only. Plus, and, you get the age difference. Yep. And honestly, the, uh, the batting average difference is a thing too. Now, yes. is that sustainable or is arguable? 
that's the one thing you have to uh, kind of bet on. But uh, yeah, I, I think I would. Uh, by the way, Trey Turner is going to be second and short eligible next year too. That's going to be something. And, and a top five, in. top five pick easily, I think. Yeah, uh, he's missed so much time that he's not earned as much as Semyon or, or Bichette. But I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm going to be all over that again. Hitting, you're locked in on the batting average with him. That's the thing I like a lot. About yeah, him. I think with Simeon, Simeon's been a better player real life. His OPS is 76 mm-hmm. points higher than Bichette's. But even like you said, this year, the dollar value is almost the same, even with that OPS gap. The extra steals from Bichette, the fact that Bichette's still on the way up, and there's a chance that next year he's the guy who hits 37 home runs or something. Yeah. And Bichette's always been a batting average guy. He was a batting average guy in the minors. He's got yeah. three three major league seasons, although the first two are quite short. But they're all 290 or better. So he's a pretty consistent batting average guy. I think Bichette squeaks into the first round next year because there'll be people out there. He's 21-21 for homers and steals right now. So let's say he finishes about 25-25. At his age, there'll be people next year who predict him for a 30-30 season or something like it, a 32-27 season or something. Right. And and 300. Um, I think he goes in the first round of all the leagues next year. Bo Bichette or Trevor Story? Bichette. I'm going to take Bichette on the way up. Unless Story lands somewhere that's really favorable. I think I'll take Bichette on the way up because I'm thinking with Story, the steals total next year is probably going to be pretty similar to... Mm-hmm. No, I'll take Bichette maybe for a little more in steals. And then as far as the power goes, I think there's going to be a real concern when he's not in Coors, which I don't think he will be. Um, is he still a 35 homer guy somewhere else? Because he he was for a couple of years. Last year, his pace was 30-something. This year, he's not. He's going to get to not even 25. So he is going to be a 2020 player, though. Absolutely. That. And the, yeah, absolutely. But the, there's going to be, I was the no, air, no to Arenado guy this year and took lots of flack from people on Twitter about how dare you? He's going to be just as good in St. Louis as he was in Colorado. And I was like, well, did like, people no. say there he's going to be just as good? Who said I got, that? I, I got, not, not what I would call, no, like, like, like people, not experts, not not analysts, but people. When I would write the articles, he was going in Yahoo leagues. This is remarkable. He was going in the late second round when their ADP was rolling in like mid March, like late, like pick, pick like twenty three. And I and I hmm. I was all I was like, this is bizarre and a terrible strategy move. I don't know if it's name value. Like NFBC, he went appropriately. He was a fine pick this year where he was going. Like round. I guess six, the, that's seven. the thing is the leagues I'm in. He wasn't. He wasn't going where. No, was. he was fine. It was almost like a straw man. But I guess you're wow. dealing with a different universe, and that's Absolutely. fine. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And my basic premise was like in in Colorado. Other than the last season when he was hurt in Colorado, he was always a nine something OPS guy, and I was like, that's not happening in with him in St. Louis, and it's right. not. It's it's eight twelve, and he like he's again he's doing fine. He's got. 29 homers, 88 RBIs. He probably finishes somewhere around 33 and 100. He had a good year. If you picked him in round six, like he's not the reason. If you don't win your league, he's not the reason. Yeah, and the thing that's got is hurting, and this is true with a lot of players at Leaf Course. It's the batting average. It's not the yeah. power. Yeah. Um, 29 homers, like you said, he's hitting 257 though. 88 RBI is in the middle of that lineup. Uh, quick appreciation for Paul Goldschmidt. In fact, I need to get Jenny Butler on the show because she's her tweet inspired my appreciation for Goldschmidt this year. 286, 24, 82, 10 stolen bases and 76 runs. That's a really darn good year. You got your yeah. money's worth from Goldie this year. Yeah. 
yeah, two veterans. It goes to show that like you can take veterans and they can have you like you can get your money. Like there's nothing wrong with that. And same with if you mm-hmm. take Simeon early yep. next year or something like that. Uh, with Arenado, like again, I do think what do we always talk about with Coors that like people really in the know will say that it's the batting average as much as the power that Coors right. bumps up. Well, if Arenado was playing in Coors this year, I'm sure someone smarter than me, whether it's Derek Cardi or someone like that, can tell us if he just did put all his batted balls into play at home at Coors this year, that 257 would probably be I don't know 280, 277, something like that. So overall, maybe 275, something like that. So not being in Coors for sure factored in with him. Um, anyways. A little yeah. off topic there, but but he was a fine pick in NFBC. He went way too early in Yahoo. And back to Trevor's story, if he leaves Coors, which he will, I'm going to be a little skeptical on the batting average and the home run totals. Sure. Being, him being able to get back to to what he was. So, yeah. I can share, I'll take, I can, I can I'll share take that. Story. And I also think with some of these hitters, not story, but when we're talking about Bichette and Simeon, somehow pitching will find its way into the top 20 picks next year. It always does, especially late in draft season. But mm-hmm. man, there are not a ton of pitchers to take in round one next year. This was actually one of the things I put in my notes was like, could you just take Scherzer in round one next year, even though he's going to be 37 on opening day and 38 when the season ends? Because he's been so good this year. And like, are you taking Scherzer or DeGrom next year? I think you can. Let's talk about that in a second. Let's sure. get a note, quick note here from our friends at WinBet, and we'll talk about first-round pitchers. If there's one thing we appreciate here at RotoWire, it's making good decisions, and even more so, making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette. Double down in blackjack where you might see uh, you know, Fred Zinke sitting down there with a uh, smoking jacket there right next to you there. Slam the slots or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. So, Fred, you asked the question, first-round pitchers, can you justify uh, taking Max Scherzer in the first round? Who else is going to go in the first round that's a pitcher? We'll see some guys. Do you take Scherzer over to Grom? Okay, let's let's start Scherzer to Grom. I want to start there first because I think Degrom is like a ridiculously hard decision for next year. Oh yeah, like as hard of a decision I think as we've seen, where like he's well, he went first overall in some drafts this year. He yep. came out basically like he came out second overall in my projections this year behind Acuna. Um, I could understand exactly how different people with different waiting systems would have him first. He's gonna. It, depending on how, it just depends how many innings you project next season. If you project him yeah. for for thirty starts, he's going to come out. He was so good this year. Like he's going to come out yeah. first, second, third in your projections, and then I'm going to push it down a bit to, for a few starts to account for the injury factor. But if you want to go for broke in your league, he's he's your first round pick. You know, he's Mike Trout though. In a way, though, it's like stud, but how many uh, how volume matters and. You know, if he pitches in September at some point, I might change my tune. But, you know, he we had a note on Saturday, 10 days from advancing to bullpen sessions. Mm-hmm. Why is he going to pitch? He's gonna he's, pitch I think all. he's not. Yeah, I don't think he's. So we're going to go into the offseason with all these concerns. I mean, yeah. I, I think if the season went, if the Mets went to the World Series, we would see him pitch again. Uh, yeah. But they're not. And I, I don't I don't so I don't think of him as Trout in the sense that Trout's been banged up now a few seasons in a row. Whereas DeGrom, when I go back starting in 2017 for starts, 31, 32, 32, and then all 12 last year. So this is his first time that he's missed any a significant right. amount of time in, in a long time like we're going back to 2016 when he made 24 starts even the year before that he made 30 he's actually been but we did see a little bit of bumps and bruises last season he didn't go on the il but remember he was scratched once or twice and there was some or some once or push back or something yeah, there was some side tightness and then everything and then this year we've got the we've got the back and and the side and now we've got the forearm which is more concerning I don't know. I think I think if I was in it, how about this? I think if I was in a main event, I would be interested in putting some chips into Degrom in the first round because you're trying if you're trying to win something big. If I was just yeah. trying to win a league like my Tout Wars league or something, maybe I would rather just wait till the next round and just take a hitter and then wait till the next round because I do think Degrom goes in the first round next year, don't you? Yeah, I do too. I mean, the the, it just the takes one. caveat is. If there's any delay in spring training, then all bets are off. But yeah, yeah. Right now, if we're deciding now, 
And I know Justin Mason has already done a 2022 draft already. We had him on last okay. week. Uh, I would take Cole over him. Yeah. I, uh, over to Grom. I would take yep. Scherzer over to Grom. I, I, okay. we'll see where Scherzer, Scherzer lands, but say if he yeah. resigns with the Dodgers, I mean, oh. that's a snap call. Yeah. If he resigns the Dodgers for sure. Yeah. Other than that, I, I, I agree. We'll see where he lands. I probably, I think I might take Bueller over to Grom. The problem is with Bueller is just that DeGrom. So it's amazing. I just pulled up the Yahoo rankings so far this year. So DeGrom, even with all this injury time, is still the number three pitcher. Is um, he really? That's a, so he has a 0.55 whip. Like that's ridiculous. His ERA is yeah, 108. Is his, his ERA is 108. That his ERA is a whip. Yeah. Like like 108 is a good whip, and it's his ERA. Yeah. Like he's he's got 146 strikeouts and he's been out forever. And Bueller's at 184. That's the hard part is the, is with Bueller. It's, it's just the strikeouts. He doesn't have the strikeout rate of Scherzer and Cole. That's a good point. He'll still go. I think Bueller will go now that he's cracked the innings thing that I, I was concerned about. And so were some others. Yeah. Like how many innings are they going to let him throw? Well, if he throws, he's going to, he's at 179. He could get to 200 this year. If he gets to 200, like, then all bets are like everybody will be in on him next year. I think he'll be a first, like I said, these pitchers find their way in the first round. So now I, we just mentioned Cole, DeGrom, Scherzer, Bueller. That's four right there that all could be in the first round next year. I think that's where it stops now. You know, someone can go crazy, uh, but you know, someone can, you know, really, you know, go up and and to the next level and good, good on them. If they do, that's where it stops too. And, and I, I struggled to find what's interesting is I struggle now to find second round pitchers. Yeah. There's gotta be a lot of those. Woodruff. Yeah, probably. Yep. Yep. Woodruff. Burns. Burns. Yes. I think so. Although Burns is a tricky one. eh? like 144 innings. He might finish depending if they, how much they baby him around 165. Yeah, but we but already I, knew this was going to be the issue yeah, all along. Now. And we it's did. because of a unique 2020 season. I, I, I'm not even concerned about that. I think Wheeler yeah. is the Wheeler and Gossman are the ones that are. You're kind of like, okay, yeah. we're, we're going to be put to the test. How much do you rely on last on 2021? I mean, uh, I mean, in, in both, you know, in both cases, we were drafting them in the top 10 rounds in the main event, but you know, mm-hmm. probably even t- in the top 100 picks, but. Mm-hmm. Now it's another level, maybe, maybe 110 with Gossman. And now that I'm thinking about it there, but it's not completely out of the blue. It's not Adam Wainwright at at, at age 700 and having after four bad years, all of a sudden being great again. It's not Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I'm I'm exaggerating by half with the case of Wainwright, but uh, (laughs) you know, it's not Robbie. It's not never Robbie Ray ending up being like the sixth most valuable starter or anything like that. Um, These are guys that we expected to be, to be good. They just took it to another level. Yeah, I think Gossman, the landing spot will matter, right? Because he's on a mm-hmm. one-year deal with the Giants. So I like, uh, like that's just been such a, the Giants this year have been a real pitching factory for fantasy managers, like beyond yeah. him. They've had a lot of guys, Logan Webb right now has been amazing lately. Um, so I think where he ends up will matter a lot for him. But yeah, yeah yep. we know, so we know in a 15-team league that 13, 13, 12 guys are going to going to want to get their ace in the first two rounds. And some of my double tap. Right. So there's probably 12, 13 pitchers to go in the first two rounds. Well, we named four maybe for the first round. And then we named about four for the second round. And that included Gossman and Wheeler and Burns and Woodruff. So there is some work to be done there. Yeah. Well, let me throw out some more names for you yeah. here. Yeah. Giolito. He was going at the turn in the mains this year. He hasn't killed you, no. but... 
he also has a 369 ERA, a 111 whip, only nine wins, actually. So that, you know, if he had won, like, say, 13 games, yeah. you know, you'd see that, that dollar value would be a lot higher. I think I'd be inclined to take him again the second yeah. round, he'll despite get in, the frustrations. He'll, yeah. He'll get into round two. It's the 111 whip helps, and he's going to get over 200 strikeouts. And people will throw out the wins because he's on a good team. So yep. it's just his ERA is a little higher than you'd like. It's almost like how Luis Castillo was in the second round this year, even though his whip's a little higher mm-hmm. than typically a little higher than you like. Okay, so there's one. You got anyone else? Well, I think some of it depends also on whether or not we have universal DH or not. Uh, bringing sure. some of these National Leaguers yep. back to the pack because you know there's a lot of National Leaguers high on this list. Um, what do you do with you Darvish next year? Not take him in the first two rounds. Uh, his, him, him tailing off just so closely coincided too with, the the crackdown on the grip enhancers. Although his strikeout to walk rate since he cooled off and he cooled off massively, like his strikeout to walk rate during that time is still pretty good. So yeah, like, I, I, but he's not going in the first two rounds. I, I see a couple, uh, Julio Arias. Yeah, like he's going to finish around 175 innings. That's plenty on the Dodgers. Yep. Like his ratios are good. Uh, everybody in fantasy loved Joel Musgrove, even when he didn't pitch well. So now that he does pitch well, I feel like everybody will like he like we could get jump to that next level. I I think I could see it. He's going to again. He's going to finish if he puts a 200 up for strikeouts and has an ERA under three. I think he goes and he could go in the second round. And again, it's 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 National League. It's a good park. Um, I think Lance Lynn is in the discussion, but doesn't quite make it. I just clicked through on his name. That's so funny. I think the guys like Musgrove and Arias, you can dream on a little more than Lynn. Like they're younger mm -hmm. and, and they get, and they have a higher strikeout rate. Yeah. We obviously don't know what's going to happen to Trevor Bauer. Uh, so I won't even ask you to speculate on that. Just, you know, that's another guy that could be in the mix. Uh, but what about Shane Bieber? Oh, that's a good one. I forgot about him. Yep. Uh, Shane Bieber. Yep, he'll be a second-round pick. Someone will dream on him. He's a first-round pick this year, so someone will be a second-round pick. You're right. And now I'm getting an injured, guys. I don't think Jack Flaherty will make the second round. No, but no, I, no I know you've been burned by Flaherty. No, no. I'm, I, hey, I got burned. He was a third-rounder already. That's more my why I'm saying it's no true. way. That's what I was um, saying. That's what I was going to say, too. So I think, But he pitched well when he was healthy this year, so I'm going to say more like third-round. I'm going to say fourth-round. Yeah, I, I don't doubt his performance at all. It's just – right. You know, the setback and the health, I mean, that, that, that's the thing is, you know, those, you know, it should be a fresh new year. We'll see about that. Brad Johnson asked Chris Sale. What do you think about Chris Sale next year? Uh, he'll go high. Someone will, uh, depends how his innings are going to be next year. Like what they're going to, if they're going to let him go full out with his innings or not. Um, and I knowing the Red Sox, I think they'll tell us uh, before we even draft. So I'm going to say Chris Sale. I think the inning concerns will be enough to push him down to round maybe the two, three turn, something like that early round three. What do you think? Uh, yeah, there we'll see. I mean, we'll see what the, you know, how he finishes in September, yeah. how, what he looks like in spring, the later yeah. I draft, the more likely he, he strikes me as a helium guy. Like he's going to be one of those yeah. guys, but that he'll be early second by the time we get to late March. If everything is going if, smoothly. If the Red Sox come out and say, we're taking it slow. We're going to have six starters early in the season. We got to pace him out. He's only going to throw, you know, we're mm-hmm. going to keep his innings down this year. 
you know, like, like then I could see him going all the way down to like late third round and early fourth round. But if you're right, he's the kind of guy who could go out in spring training, have one of those three innings, eight strikeouts. And all of a sudden everybody's talking about him in, in round two. So I think Bieber is a good one. I think Bieber will not go in round one, but I could see him going in round two. I guess we did just fill the names enough. There's enough guys out there. You just have to, you have to hope and dream on a few of these guys, like whether it's yep. hoping and dreaming, like whether it's it's uh, Arias or Musgrove or so if, if you're near the back of the pack on those. This is what happens every year, I guess. If you're at the back of the pack on those guys, you have to dream a bit, which is then what causes some people to say, well, forget it. I'm just going to take Cole second overall or fourth overall or something. Because right. like I don't, I don't want to dream on one of these guys at pick 27. So I'm just going to take Cole and then I'll get some hitters later. And that might be the right play. Maybe. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we'll t- a little more news items coming up in a second, but first, another note from one of our sponsors. Uh, let, let's talk about our good friends from Vivid Seats. The summer is coming to an end, which means only one month until postseason baseball. There's no better place to be than Vivid Seats to watch your team race towards the postseason. So grab your MLB tickets, maybe a stadium hot dog or two, and cheer on your favorite team from the stands. Even better, they have a rewards program designed to provide real rewards for fans. Earn rewards, ticket upgrades, and perks just for shopping. If you're looking for tickets to the game, to see your favorite performer, or that new show everyone is talking about, Vivid Seats has it all. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. I'm here with Fred Zinke. I'm Jeff Erickson. Let's talk a little bit, uh, Fred, about Charlie Morton. Got picked up for next year, $20 Yeah, as opposed to last year where the Rays thought he was kind of done Mm -hmm. and they didn't pick up what seemed to be a pretty reasonable option. And for a month, they seemed like they were really right. All of a sudden, Morton's been awesome. We didn't mention him among possible early picks, but, you know, he's been among like the top, you know, 15 starting pitchers in baseball this year in terms of value. Uh, You know, he's got 185 strikeouts, 13 wins, 347, 1063 whip. Where are you on him for next year? Yeah, I think like just because of his age, I'm going to say like a number, like a mid-level number two, mid to low level number two. Maybe I'm pessimistic. I I could see him being undervalued in some circles because he didn't get off to a great start this season. So when some people caught, quit paying attention, like whose teams fell out of the race, his Mm -hmm. ERA at at mid-season, right? His ERA is close to four, not quite mid-season, but you know, like I got him at a 403 in late June at one point, a 391 in July 8th, it's a 391. So people who really paid attention in the first half and then started drifting off in summer, I could see saying, oh, Morton, he's no good. You know, he, he, he's not good anymore. But since then, he's been on fire. And the Braves, what's interesting is the Braves, I, I think this has to matter in fantasy. The Braves clearly believe in him. They clearly believe in his talent and they believe in yeah. his and, and they believe in his health. And Alex Anthopoulos is a good general manager. I he's agree. Very successful and is not the type of guy to just throw whatever it was, 20-something million dollars, $20 million at someone you know, just willy nilly. So, and the Braves are a decent budget team, but they're not the Yankees. So right. I think, I think to me, that matters a lot. The Braves who are around them all the time and seeing them say, this guy can be a horse for us again next year. So I'm saying number two starter. What do you think? Like round five. Sure. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe four if late in draft season, if guys get pushed up, what do you think? I'd say probably five or six age will push him down a little bit. But I mean, right. the K's are there. I mean, and they've been there before. Absolutely. He had 240 in 2019. I think we, this is a, you mentioned Alex Anthopoulos. How about a note of appreciation for, you know, his second act with the Braves? You know, he had a, a, a 
rough time in Toronto, but he also was playing with one arm tied behind his back. I felt like when he, you know, and I'm using a gross, uh, you know, a, a bad metaphor, but you know what I'm saying is he didn't yeah. have the full support of the organization when he was the GM there. Uh, and he learned a lot on the job too. You know, first, your first time at it, you're probably not as great at it. Second time, he seems like he's better. He inherited an incredible, terrible scandal uh, when he first became the GM for the Braves. Remember, they had to cut yeah. some prospects, uh, yeah. you know, rescind, all, or rescind a lot of these signings. Uh, that, you know, and he had to come in and after that uh, and kind of clean things up. And you look at the Braves, and they've got a strong organization. They tried at the break. He got Liberty Media to be, go be a buyer at the break. Some they don't aren't usually are. I mean, good for him. Yeah, so he is incredibly beloved in Toronto uh, because he's a Canadian, and he, like, like you said, so he had that. He had he's he's the guy who traded for Price and Tulo and all these guys and made the run and traded away a bunch of prospects. And then there was just because they made a late run that season. Um, there was some bitterness between him and management. He thought he should get a contract. They never offered him one. They took it all the way to the end of the season. Yeah. And then he walked away from it. And they had just gone all the way to within, what, what, they needed two more wins to get to the World Series when they lost the Royals. And he had done this. And fans were like, the Blue Jays hadn't been in the playoffs in forever. Fans were loving him. And they brought in Shapiro and Atkins, who are very businessy. Yes, Staddy and Anthopolis was very relatable, and these other guys didn't like the fans are were so mad, and now they've kind of come around because, and then obviously when those guys came in, the Jays quickly had to go into a rebuild a little over a year later, and right. they had to, and they had to, they were an old, and they team. let Ross Atkins talk too. That was the other problem. That didn't those. go well, and fans. Yeah. So there are still Blue Jays fans who will say they just wish Anthopolis was still here. Um, that that they don't give these guys a lot of credit for guys right. like Guerrero and Bichette that they still wish Anthopolis was here. And even with the, now it's, it's, it'll wear off and everything, but he is, he is beloved here. And I thought what he did, what he did with the Braves was amazing at the deadline. Like they, the Mets were winning the division at the yeah. time. And, but he knew they were within striking distance and picking up guys like Duvall and Solaire, like cheap. They didn't, he didn't need to gut his farm system and but right. just giving them those veterans. And, and I, I, there's a good quote by him saying something like, like I needed to do some things to so, show the dressing room, the locker room that we believe in them. And, Picking up those guys did that, especially when they were losing bodies like Acuna, and they did. They just kept gutting it out, and I, I think, I think it's, I think he should be in the discussion for executive of the year. I don't know if he should win it or anything, but I think he should be in the discussion. Yeah, I mean, they lost. You know, losing Acuna is huge in, in and of itself. Yeah. They also lost Ozuna. They yeah. lost Darno for most of the year. They didn't have any Soroka this year. They had the terrible setback there. Yes, um, and yep. If you said that, if, yeah, if you said the Braves in July would lose Ozuna and Acuna for the year, and then would come and we would be not winning the division, I would say, well, then of course they'll be deadline sellers and finish 500 or whatever. And instead, he again without going all in, he didn't trade for Trevor Story or something. But Duvall's been really productive for them. Solaire's been especially productive for them. They're right. smart little moves, rebuilt that outfield on the cheap and. Away they go. I, I love it. I think it's great. I, I'll be, I'll be, I don't know if I'll be cheering for the Braves in the playoffs, but I'd be fine with seeing them do well in the playoffs. Until they do that chop, I'll, I'll be cheering for them. And then I'll be like, oh, <laughs> yeah, oh, I hate yeah. that chop. I just uh, watched Florida State on Sunday night, so I saw that chop a lot. Yeah, that was a hell of a game. But it was terrific. What an amazing story at the end. I kind, yeah. I was cheering for Notre Dame, but I kind of wished at the end that Florida State would win. 
Yeah. And, and then you heard uh, that the Brian Kelly's interview after the game is like, Oh, I re- immediately regret cheering for Notre Dame, but I, no. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. Word to the wise. Don't quote people from night. I think it was 1978. I think it's just time yeah. to put 1978 just for your own job security. Just put 1978 quotes to bed for now. Well, it's like, he couldn't wait. He's like, he'd been thinking all this time, I'm going to co-op this John McKay quote, uh, quote and it's going to be awesome and hilarious and everyone's going to love me. And then it's like, I'm in favor of executing everybody. No, Brian, stop, stop. It, it is. It, it's. I, I get it. He thought it was in, in the world of football coaches. If you said that in a room of a bunch of guys, Brian Kelly's age, we're all football coaches. They'd have a yeah. good laugh. They know he was joking. I know he's joking, but oh yeah, he, it's he just thought he it was it. great. It wasn't a twenty twenty. It wasn't a great twenty twenty one joke. No, it wasn't a great 2021 joke, and it's not a great Brian Kellen, Kelly's history joke either. Yeah, the other yeah. other part of that. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, sidebar aside, yeah. uh, uh, we'll, we'll move on from that. But uh, yeah, pretty good stuff out of Morton. Pretty good stuff out of the, yeah. the Braves. Uh, you know, in getting nothing out of Christian Pache, by the way, too. Yeah, uh, he he had the twenty-five to two K to walk ratio when he was up with the big club. Uh, Wander Franco, another you know, talking about elite prospects, hitting two nineties, had this great on base streak, thirty-six games now, I think. Uh, he hasn't had too much fantasy juice out of it. There's seven no. homers, two stolen bases. But you think about it, he got called up in June. He's at 36 RBI and 48 runs. The runs count. I mean, that you, yeah. you're getting your fantasy juice and runs. But oh, the overall numbers look like, okay, well, he's not moving the needle fantasy. Uh, your question on our outline was, like, how high does he go in 2022? And I think this is the Vlad Guerrero lesson. Yep. More than holding your own at age 20. I mean, compare this to all the other, like Kelnick or our other studs that got called up this year and struggled immediately. He's not struggling. He's not striking out. 35 Ks and 261 at bats. He's getting on base every day. He's in a key part of the lineup. You know, this is a guy that's going to explode. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I want to be a year too early on him. I, I regret not having more Vlad. I'm not going to make that mistake again. Yeah, I, I think I think Vlad, I think that Vlad reference, it, it had already crossed my mind, and I think we're going to hear it a, a thousand times before next draft season. Like you said, he's doing so well at such a young yep. age, better, much better than Vlad did, like in the majors yep. when he first came up. Um, but Vlad had done things that were almost historic in the minors at at his age too, like right. in AAA before he came up, which I think he deserves some credit for. Franco's great. Um, he does not steal bases. He sold two in his first eight games. And then his last 51, he has none. So right. you're going to have to project him for a small amount of steals next year, whatever sure. it is, five, some six, something like that. Um, but I think you can project him to have a really high batting average, whether that's 300. I might even go higher than that. Like he's 290 right now with a reasonable BABIP. His strikeout rate's incredibly low. I think I could project him to go to be like Vlad, like be someone who's contending to win the batting average title next yep. year. It'll just be so, but it's hard to get into those first two rounds if you don't steal some bases. Like you're going to have, you got to have a lot of power to get in the first two rounds if you're not going to steal bases. So this year he's at seven in 59 games that prorates out to 17, 18 home runs. You're going to have to get him into those first couple rounds. You're going to have to take that 17 and 18. And I don't know if you have to double it, but you're going to have to have it a lot higher. It's going to have to be 30 at least, I think. 30, yeah. three, 30 and 300 with not much speed. Um, I think that could get you. But we talked about Bryce Harper as a mid-round, mid-second round pick, and we're projecting him for 35-ish home runs. And like I don't think Franco's a top 30 pick. I think he's more like eh? 
No. Um, well, remember, this is year, th year three yeah, for it, Vlad. Yeah, I, mean, I know. I know. But Vlad wasn't doing what Franco's doing when he was a rookie. or even Xander Bogarts versus Wander Franco. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. Xander Bogarts. Because you're not going to get much speed from Xander Bogarts, but you're probably going to get the high average and the home runs. I, uh, I guess I'm... I guess I'll take Xander Bogarts because he's done it and he's still even on the right side of 30. What do you think? That's it. That's it. I'm, I'm going Bogarts. Um, so that I'm not Franco really thinking too bad of it. Okay. I, so I that think... puts Franco more like round maybe five for you, four or five, because Bogarts is kind of round three. I'm, I'm going to say like Bogarts middle around three, like he was this year and Franco yeah. in round four, like end of three, beginning four. Uh, it's close, but I'm going to go Bogarts and I'm probably going Tim Anderson too. Right. And, you know, and the other th the thing that's interesting with Franco and I usually like I'm very vocal that I'm usually the guy who avoids non base dealers in the early rounds. I want base mm -hmm. dealers and I want pitchers and I want base dealers who are good at other things, which is why they go in the early rounds. But sure. I want base dealers. I, I want double digit steals from those guys. So Tim Anderson for me fits a little bit. Um, I might go Franco. Oh, I'm not a huge, I might go Franco over Anderson. Uh, I think what I'm coming to is I'm going to, I think we're both in the same spot. We're going to project Franco fairly favorably next mm -hmm. year. Like I'm not going to hold back on his projections. Right. Like if, if he only paces out to, to, like I said, someone who's, if, if his pace this year was 17 or 18 homers over a full season, I'm going to push that like decently and expect the power to come in a high batting average. I, I, I love to see him steal like three or four bases down the stretch. So I could kind of project him to get even 10 or 12 steals. I, but I don't I'm know. thinking I, like 25 and seven right now is what I'm leaning at right now. With a, I, like think a I'm go higher. I think I'm going to go higher than that a little bit on I which think. not the seven, the 25 and the, and, I, and I'm going to put the batting average. We'll see the rest of the way. I shouldn't start projecting 2020 stats when, especially for him yet, but I'm interested in predicting 2020 average. stats would be really cheating. Sorry, 2022 stats, 2022 stats. Um, <laughs> I, but I might even push that batting average a little bit, 306, 310, something like that. I don't know. And, and as you know, from doing your SGPs, little things make a big difference in the rankings. It, it really Maybe does. 300 and 310 might push Franco past five more hitters. And one of them could be Tim Anderson or something yeah. along those lines. I don't know. I, yeah. So you're saying kind of round, if you aren't even thinking on Bogarts round four at the earliest, actually the numbers you're saying 25, seven, 300 <sighs> round Five is that DJ LeMahieu going into this year? Actually, he was. Boy, a that's a, you don't want to hear that comp now. Uh, but no, but it's what you had projected for right, LeMahieu. Right, right, right. Do you I think know. going into this year? Mm. And like you said, Franco's yeah. been a run scoring machine so far. Yeah, and I don't yeah. see the Rays getting bad next year. Nope, and I don't see him hitting anywhere else in the lineup. So that was that was LeMahieu going into this year. Like we were projecting twenty five home runs, maybe not even seven steals. Uh, but a really high batting average, and a high, and and because he was hitting leadoff for the Yankees, we thought like 110 runs. So and he didn't deliver, and I am disappointed. He's on my main event team, and it, I'm mad. And I'd still love to see him have an awesome finish, but I'm starting to give up on him. But anyways, I think I I could, but that got him into round three. So maybe Franco does get into round four, round three. I don't know the three four turn. Only takes maybe. one guy.
Only do, you're right. It only does yeah. take one guy. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do a name this player when we come back. But first, a quick Ooh. note from your 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 other company, Yahoo. The new NFL season is fast approaching, and Yahoo is excited to kick off daily fantasy football. Yahoo is also excited to announce that its platform will now be Fred Zinke, I mean Shark Free. <laughs> to, to celebrate the opening of Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football and being shark free, Yahoo is giving users the opportunity to claim free $10 in contest entry credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 entry to credit offer to join Yahoo's week one $1 million baller contest. The $1 million baller contest features 200000 in guaranteed prizing overlay. 25% of the players entered will be paid out including first place receiving $100,000 and an entry to the first ever Yahoo Fantasy Football Championship live finals event, which will occur at MGM National Harbor in Maryland this December. Play daily fantasy football on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome to claim the free $10 offer. Thanks to Yahoo for their sponsorship and by extension, Fred. Uh, Fred, name this player. Okay. Since the All-Star break, he is hitting 335 with 15 homers, 40 RBI, 35 runs, and three steals. For the season, he's hitting 283, 340, 519, 27 homers, 83 RBI, 10 stolen bases, 84 runs, uh, and even 32 doubles. Who is this player? And this player is on 75 to 80% of my teams this year. Okay, and, Scott so you're treated, at... and Scott tweeted about him last night, and it's Jorge Polanco, who's he having awesome. just an amazing, yeah, just an amazing season. That being said, his season looks a little, it's a little more powerful, and I guess a little more speedy, but it's not entirely different from two years ago, our last full season. Like 859 OPS this yeah. year, 841 in 2019. He was really, really good in 2019. So it shouldn't, I guess it shouldn't totally shock us. No, it shouldn't. Uh, yet here we are. And well, it's because he was very blah by, at the all-star break. He's just yep. caught fire. Yep. And this is what not having a two month season will do. You can have bad three months and still have a great season ending stat line. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think he's someone who, uh, I don't know. I, I'll wait until the end of the season and look at his underlying statistics and, like his fan graphs page and things like that in greater detail and decide, I think I'll project obviously some regression because the first half, like you said, he was, he was playable in fantasy, but that's it. Barry. Right. And last year he was not very good and at all. Um, so no. it's been really up and down. Like he has almost a calendar year of being not very good. And then he's caught fire in the second half. So I have a hunch, like he's probably going to finish with 30 homers. 30 and 10 is really good. It's not Marcus Simeon, but it's pretty darn good. I think I'll have to scale that back next year, but like he's the type of league winning type player that you see in the middle rounds drafts. Like I was continually yeah. taking him around round 15 or so 14, 15. I felt like in, in the 15 team leagues, um, like I, I felt like he was just going to play a lot and had some plenty of bounce back potential. He's 28. He's in the prime of his career. I thought he was, I, I wasn't expecting this, but you can fill your roster with like mid career locked in playing time guys in the middle rounds and they won't all work out, but, but some of them will like, you don't have, I guess it, I'm, what I'm saying is you don't just have to get your breakout guys from 22 and 23 year olds. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That, that, that's Which a lesson we continually we can, learn. 
Yeah, sometimes we get into that to thinking that, like you said, like we've talked earlier about how many RBIs Adam Duvall has this year, right? We talked about it a week or two ago, and, and that's an aging player, and has been a total, a total boom pick. Uh, yep. No, I can't say a breakout guy, but like has returned so much more than what you thought you were going to get from. It's not just the 22 or 23 year olds breaking out that give you these unexpected stat lines. It's sometimes it's the guys in the middle or second half of their careers. Well, yeah, he's age 27 used to be the year. Yep. Um, And now it's not. We're not patient Uh, enough anymore. No. Um, (laughs) And there's compelling evidence that it is earlier now. It is. Yes, Uh, it is. On average. But that doesn't mean, you know, it's, it's always that way. And his breakout uh, was that his breakout was his age 25, 26 season. It was 2019. Like I said, that season was, was an, as far as OPS, basically a carbon copy of this year. This year's a little better for fantasy because he's yeah. run a little more and there's a little more home runs in there. Fuel, fewer doubles, a little more home runs. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Brad Johnson asked about Alec Bohm. You know, used to be, you know, he was hugely impressed with his approach at the plate last year. This year he looks totally lost. Hmm. Which guy is he? I don't know. Um, I don't know. So last year, so I wasn't, I have no bomb. I had no bomb at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, he, like his bad last year was 410. Now I know his batting average was 338. So like we could have a lot of regression there um, and still have an okay batting average. But um, right. yeah, this year his strikeout rate is up. Uh, his walk rates down, but not a ton. His strikeout rates up, but it, yeah, his strikeout rates up. But it's not. It's not. Well, it's not good. It's not the worst. Uh, I don't know. I'm just not. I'm still in like prove it mode. Like I would draft him next year if he has a job, starting job with the Phillies. I would draft him like for my bench or for right. one of my or, or maybe like my corner spot, like around twenty for my corner spot guy, and let's see if the breakout happens. I am not writing him off by any stretch. Right. Um, but I, I don't know. He, he's someone I think who benefited from a 410 Babbitt last year. This year it's still 323 with 245 average. So I think you got to project something like a 250 batting average next year and and decent power, like a bit of power. Oh God, there was just no power this year. No, none. There was there wasn't even a whole lot last year either. He had no, had no. That's but. right. There were four home runs in 44 games last year. So now you've got him having basically played a full season with 11 homers. Yeah, he's visiting a doctor to uh, look at his wrist. So okay. that might that might explain a lot for us. And but that also yeah. might mean it's something that hangs over next year too. So it goes both ways. You might say, "Oh, it explains away everything," but it might not be completely fixed either. So that's something yeah. we'll, we'll still have to kind of kind of sort out a lot there. Good question, Brad. Appreciate you on that. Uh, let's close with a couple other uh, parting thoughts here. Has, did Ian Happ fix fix things just in time to tick everybody off? Now they everybody <laughs> every single person dropped him. I I know I dropped him, so I'm ticked off. Uh, I I don't know. We always knew Ian Happ had pop. Uh, he just strikes out a lot and was totally lost early in the season, and the batting average was terrible. Now his batting average has been much better lately. Uh, is the strikeout rate down lately? Uh, not really, actually. No. Um, maybe he's making better contact. I'd have to go deeper a little bit on that. Maybe he's making some better contact, but he's just back to hitting home runs. Like I was expect, I have, I had Ian Happ on a lot of teams. I still have him on my mixed labor team. Um, but I, I just, cause I couldn't find it because that league's a little deeper and I couldn't find anyone to drop him for. I just always had other guys I could drop who had no potential, but like he could finish this year. If he stays hot, he could finish this year with close to 25 home runs, maybe 25 home runs. 
that's not that far off what I was expecting. He just was lost for so long. Uh, he'll be back on my boomer bust picks list next year. I'm not closing the door on him yet. There's he can hit home runs and he can steal. Every a few time bases. you think you're out, they pull yeah, you back he pulls in. You back in. He pulls you back yeah. in. Did you draft much of Hap this year? I did have some. I had him in an in all only. I had him. I think I took him in the second chance league, still believing at that point in time yeah. that he was going to turn around. I mean, you wait long enough, anything can be proven right. And you, you, you could turn yeah. it around for a week or you could turn around for yeah. a while. I mean, he's had 19 homers. Uh, last, but last 21 days, he's got 1171 OPS. That's gross. But, uh, I know. Yeah. So if he, if he has a decent finish this season, I don't even mean like incredible, but a decent finish this season, he could have his career OPS back. It's 795. He could have it back to 800 at the end of the season. Well, if you're talking about a guy with a 800 career OPS, who's still on that, he he's kind of hitting again, we're back to the, you know, he's someone who just turned 27. He's right around his peak. Um, you know, like if if you're looking at someone with an 800 OPS, if he has locked in playing time next year, he's 27 for most of next season. I think you have to be interested in him. And I'm not going to be interested in him in round 11 like I was this year. I'm going to no. take him a lot later. No, but he can you, be my you won't have to. You know, he's you, exciting you outfielder five. Or it's kind of like bomb. I'd rather have Hap than bomb by a lot. But maybe you take Hap and then you take some kind of boring, you know, veteran to kind of pair with him as you're as your like sixth outfielder that were like just kind of bench depth like i'm thinking the same thing with bomb like like this year you could have taken joey Votto and then like a, a like a boomer bust guy like bomb both in the in the late in the 20s for rounds right and sure and and you've got you've got this boomer bust guy who you can see what you have in april and then you've got a fallback veteran who, who in true. this case ended up having a great year could be could he be. needs to pick things up down the stretch because the reds really need him Needs to get going again. Uh, yes, he yes he does. Yes, they yeah. do. Um, because I don't want to end on an unhappy note. Let's talk about uh, his team, uh, the teammates of uh, Hap. What about Rafael Ortega? What about Frank Schwindel? Everybody loves Frank. I love Frank. I, I was uh, he was having a great year in the minors when they called him up, and I didn't think he would do this, but I did think that Schwindel could come up, play a lot, and hold his own. And he's obviously done a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, Ortega, I I think Schwindel could maybe. There's so much there's so much speculation here just because what are the Cubs going to do? Are they going to go deep rebuild and just give these guys a whole season of playing time next year, or are they yeah. actually going to bring in players, bring players back in? You know, they got rid of Rizzo and Bryant. Like, actually going to bring in players next year and then push these guys to the bench. Um, so there's so much speculation on playing time. If Ortega is interesting because he can steal bases. Like if he played all year next year, yeah, I don't know if he could be a 2020 guy, but he could be around there. Yeah, I mean he could be I very think- interesting. Oh, but then again, is two. This is one of those where you have to ask yourself: Is 200 plate appearances an, an adequate sample? No, uh, no it's, but- it's like 2020 all over again. We're at two months, then we have these yeah. outlier guys. Uh, so- his Babbitt's a little high. His Babbitt's a little high. I would probably project him if he played all next year to hit like 260 or something like that, which takes some of the shine off him. But the speed's real. Like in, in his career, he's got 631 at-bats and 25 steals. So if he played all year, he can steal you at least high teens or yeah. something if he plays all year. The the power, I'm not totally – that I'm a little less sure on. But but if, he was, if I knew he was going to play all year, I might project – 13 homers, 18 steals, 260 batting average. That gets him drafted for sure. That puts yeah. him that's not far off where I had Robbie Grossman this year. And I have him on a lot of teams. And 
Uh, like just that interesting power speed mix guy who you can get in the second half of your draft. Schwindel, I find like he's obviously way over his skis right now, but right. But awesome he's also story. probably got a higher floor than Ortega too. You know, two twenty yeah. is in is well within the range for yep. Ortega. Yep. Uh, but I don't think Schwindel hits that poor for batting average. No, he doesn't because Schwindel is not a big strikeout guy. So yeah. I think I, or at least he hasn't been this year. So I think Schwindel, yeah, can have a higher average. He's obviously got no speed, but later in the draft, like, like if you knew Schwindel was the Cubs first baseman next year, would you rather take him or Carlos Santana? Him. Yeah, I think Santana so quietly has had a pretty bad year. Pretty bad year. But, but Santana is someone who always goes, in those 15 team leagues and even the 12s, he's someone who always goes late as like a late round corner infield round, yeah. round 20, something like that. And you know, he's not, you're not excited about him, but he's going to play and he's going to fill out your roster. If Schwindel was playing, if I, if we knew he was the Cubs first baseman next year. So I'm going to say, I think in 15 teams next leagues next year, he goes round 15, something like that, 14, 15, something, mm-hmm. something like that. So, and then, We'll just see where, where things go from here. But again, again I have him in, in a few leagues, and I I was I was interested in him, but definitely didn't think we were going to get it. No one did, that we were going to get something similar to this. But he was having a great year in the minors. Yep, he was. As a very old minor leaguer. Right. You know, yeah. and, and case in point about Carlos Santana, he's got a 699 OPS. He's the, yeah. the 12-team league corner infielder killer. If you got him as yeah. one of your corners and you stuck with them, and I might be talking about myself here. Uh, if you stuck with them for most of the season, well, it's just a killer just destroys you. Uh, not as not Christian Walker bad, but really bad. I, I may have had a lot of Christian Walker this year too. Uh, so I will look for at least a run. I will look for a Christian runner next year instead of a Walker, but, uh, we'll, we'll see about that. <laughs> I was in, you're right. That was another one just was supposed to be these guys like, like, um, Santana and Walker, they were supposed to be reliable playing everyday corner infielders. And, mm-hmm. we didn't even, and we didn't even get that. We didn't even get that out of them. So maybe you just go for it with a guy like Schwindel anyways. Yep. That's kind of my, that's kind of my yeah. thought process there yeah. and be ready to swap them out quickly if it doesn't work out. Yeah. Any parting thoughts before we sign off today, Fred? Go Blue Jays. Big series this week against the Yankees. I think they're going to lose to Garrett Cole tonight. But I, if they could get two of these next three after getting yesterday's game, they can make things. I was ready to give up, Jeff. I'm going to be honest. I was giving up. Yeah. Ten, ten days ago or whatever it was before they started that this winning streak, I was giving up. I said it's just not their year. They're a good team, but it's just on paper. And even in run differential, but it's just not their year. But now I've got life. I can't wait to watch the game tonight, even though I think Cole's going to carve them up because he's really on a roll right now. Yeah, but, you know, I, stranger things have happened. You know, you got a great outing out of Ryu yesterday. That uh, was something that had, was a long, kind of a long time coming against the Yanks, so that was nice yeah. to see. Mats has been great in his last two outings, so it's maybe another lefty. Tonight. Lefties in Yankee Stadium aren't that bad. You know, yeah. it's good. it's the short porch and right, but that neutralizes the lefties. Now, the thing that the Yankees haven't gotten is they haven't gotten Rizzo and Gallo to get hot. Uh, you know, in fact, Gallo's not even in the lineup tonight, so we'll see why why that's yeah. the case. But uh, they they haven't gotten rolling, so I mean, maybe Matt's holds serve at least, and then they have a battle of the bullpens. No Loizaga for the Yankees now, so yeah, you never yeah, know. That, probably the Jays' key is try to get to say the seventh inning not trailing yeah. or maybe within one or something like that. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 
All right. Big thanks to WinBet for sponsoring us. Big thanks to you guys for listening. Brad, thanks for the question. Thanks to everybody else for chiming in. We got the uh, Prospect Podcast again tomorrow. Clay and James, thanks for listening to RotoWire. Have yourself a great day. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.